What's up, guys? Our Wrestling Podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious, along with Just the Total Package, and Craig the British Bulldog, bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. Today's topic, Greatest Wrestling Storylines, Part <clears throat> 2. Uh, <laughs> for audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcast, or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you give us a follow on Instagram at OWP2019 or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast? Jess, it was so or fun. To other We're going to do it again. And go, oh, dude, let me shoot you straight right now. You know, the bloodline straight up is. Like, see, you can listen to other stupid people, or you can Whoa. listen to us talk about retro Very stuff. Very aggressive. Very and aggressive. And the stuff that excited you when you were a kid, and we're talking about it. And we're going to talk about the greatest storylines part. The first one I did a little bit structured. Almost a deal. So uh, <laughs> let's go over the guidelines. I disqualified the Mega Power storyline because that's obvious. What? I disqualified the Bloodline storyline because that's obvious. And the first three storylines that we covered in the first one that we can't repeat, obviously, are Owen versus Brett, Sting versus the NW Hulk, and uh, Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth and their amazing journey over fucking like eight years or something like that we covered. So now uh, I wrote those into the topic the first time. Now I'm going to open up uh, the room and let everybody we're going to go round table style like we've done before. And we're going to talk about our favorite storylines. So we're going to go like, you know, we'll start with Dave, Craig and me. And we're just going to go around the room and give what we thought uh, were our favorite storylines, especially from growing up. But even current product, if you have something from current product. It's fine. Totally fine. Not Craig. It's not fine if Craig does that, but everybody else is fine. Pardon me. <laughs> no, it, it's uh, I, I think we I was going to say before before you got a little crazy with our watch stupid podcast. I was like, we had so much fun doing the storyline. uh you know, EP before that we decided to do it again and take it into a more free form style. Um, gosh, you know, it's, it's funny because when you start to think about storylines, the ones that we talked about were so emboldened and so they were truly written and they truly went a certain way. And they were very, I think they were very controlled in hindsight, but one that I think has a little bit more play. And again, I'm, I'm a Homer for this, but I, I think of, I think of the storyline of Kurt Angle with Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, you know, when they're supposed to be doing hillish work and, and Kurt Angle's more of like that that yucky yuck, you know, good old boy, like I'm gonna go along with what Steve says, you know, wear the wear the little cowboy hat. And eventually that tears off into a massive feud with uh milk trucks uh into the ring and pushing the ring back three feet and uh dumping just gallons upon gallons of milk on each other and that's true and angle and wins the title being put on everyone's shoulder and celebrating like when he wins the title like when he wins the title Um, I I think that storyline gets I don't want to say it gets missed because it was incredible and it was part of some of, one of the greatest eras of wrestling uh, with Stone Cold later on. But I I think um, St- you know 
Yeah, Kurt Angle has so many great storylines, first of all. I mean, wow, Dave, I, so I, you just came right out of the gate with your first offering. Yeah, it's and, it, uh, it, to me, it's that stone, it's that stone think, cold. Uh, yeah, um, the Kurt reason Angle why I, I think it build. got buried was because the invasion storyline was so shitty. I really think it, that, that it covered the invasion right? yeah. wasn't so shitty. I think that Austin and Angle is classic storytelling and they would have hit a home run with it, no problem. But because they clouded it up that whole time WCW with the invasion, invasion storyline, yeah, and ECW and WCW, and it didn't fucking hit well. Uh, I think that's the only reason why it was buried. But that's a that's a really fucking uh, good offering. I like um, uh, Savage. Um... Macho Man Savage was very reluctant to use Liz in his angles. Um, but Savage and Flair for Mania. Yeah, uh, I knew you were going to say that. Mania yeah. 8. Like, um, so good. You were talking about a, a dude that uh, hid his wife backstage and hid, um, hid Elizabeth backstage. Um, and yes, he did use her for WrestleMania uh, five with Hogan, especially, and then the the mega powers, sure. etc. But to have Flair use her as like basically the angle was like Flair used like they the used spread of him right? yeah. hanging and photos of her with the pool and skimpy bikinis. Um, it, it was it just was, so like holy shit. And I, I think um, you, and what's funny just to kind of explain it because we we find Elizabeth so wholesome, Craig. It's skimpy for her. But it's full, yeah. like bottom covered. It's just a bikini. It's yeah. you know, it's very tasteful. Yeah. You know? But and he it, promised to give more, which he never did. Like Flair promised to uh, reveal more at Mania, which he never he did. Yeah, he lost to Savage. Yeah, but he yeah. never like. But it was such like a. Uh, it was so impactful, and we believed it. it was like what the fuck, and it, it worked yeah. with like. It was the That's first angle one. where you saw it in the WWF magazine. We're like, whoa. Why they actually Flair? put the spread out. Yeah. 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 Craig, can so, I ask you something? Do you, do you remember, by the way, on this, um, when they retracted it and said that was actually a doctored photo and they showed the picture with Macho in the photo later? Was that was after? It say it was doctored, yeah. wasn't it? It was after yeah. Savage beat him, I think, for the title. Then they had yeah, to so I, I, so do you, so Jess and Craig, I gotta ask you, because that's such a great pick. It wasn't doctored, it. though. It was. They were, probably just, they, were probably, with, they, they were probably just together yeah, they, they did took the both photos. shoots, right? It wasn't doctored. They did both shoots yeah. on purpose. The photos that they ended up showing was not of Savage and Elizabeth like five years earlier. It was like current. Like, so it was yeah, like yeah. current. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So what's kind of interesting about that whole thing is I wonder if like if if we do this, brother, then we have to make it a statement later that these were doctored. And he had like had that story. I wonder he if was Macho, like, very protective of her. Like. Yes. Yeah. We are I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if, Flair. if we do this, uh, if we if we do this, then I'm the good we guy. gotta do it like this, yeah. or we're not doing it. But then culminating with like the kiss and the slap and the, <laughs> the and entire Craig, build up. And by the way, Craig, this storyline uh, led to Randy Savage's second WWF title. It did. So that's it. Awesome. Sure did. Right. Yeah, where and and by the way, what a fantastic match! I mean, I know we're not talking about matches, but that oh, match, yeah. oh, it's one of the WrestleMania eight me? matches. That- what about me? <laughs> yeah, she slaps him and he's bleeding or whatever. It's awesome. And Macho with the uh, bad ankle from the figure four and and, and still oh, being able to hop around and dude. beat him and ugh.
history has been made here in the Hoosier Dome. As once again, the Macho Man Randy Savage has regained the World Wrestling Federation Championship. So freaking good. It was so incredible. Uh, man, uh, I'm going to do Ted DiBiase versus Virgil. Whoa, I Whoa. love it. I fucking and love it. I yes. will Whoa. never forget, like, in, in the end of 1990 slash beginning of 91, which started with the road. So Dustin Rhodes actually debuted for the first time in wrestling on WWF television uh, in 91. He They recognized him. DiBiase pulled him out of the crowd or whatever, and it was Dustin Rhodes, Dusty's son. And it was after he bought Sapphire. So they continued the DiBiase and Dusty Rhodes feud. And Dustin Rhodes debuted in late 1990 and then mm -hmm. ended up at the Royal Rumble 91. It was a tag match. Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes against Flair, or sorry, Flair, uh, against DiBiase and Virgil. But also before that, they were doing vignettes where DiBiase was like, he feuded with Kerry Von Erich. And he was like, we're on a ranch right now. And I'm a real rancher and all that stuff. And Kerry Von Erich, you're a sloppy poor man's rancher. And I own tons of ranches. And, and he stepped in manure and he's like, Virgil, get over here. Bring the manure off my shoe. And finally, you saw Virgil just going like. And he'd go down to clean his shoe. And they slowly bled it for like a month or two. And then the tag match that they had at Royal Rumble with the Rhodes, uh, you know, Dusty and Dustin against Virgil and DiBiase. You, they were leading up the entire time where Virgil was having enough. You saw him. You saw him. Like, and then DiBiase would lick it in. Virgil, are you hesitating? Do you not forget what I did with your family? How I saved your family? How I gave your family money? Like, and just totally, and they really played off the, I got to be very careful here about how I tread, but the upper class against the lower class. And they really played yeah. on it hard. And then it was Virgil, literally Ted DBS said, everybody's got a price. And he felt like he, yes. had, he had paid. And so for then Virgil's you realize that the yeah. whole reason why Virgil was DBS's bodyguard was because DBS held something over his head because Virgil's family needed money. And all those years, DBS was giving Virgil's family, Do you want me to take money away from your mom? No. And he would tease him up into it too. Do you want me to cut your money off, Virgil? And he'd be like, No, sir. And he would just go back to doing what. But you could tell. Weeks leading up, Virgil was getting sick and tired of it, sick and tired of it. And then finally, at the end of the match, DiBiase ends up rolling up uh, Dustin. D Virgil fucks something up and gets thrown outside the ring. And DiBiase beats the shit out of him, throws him outside the ring, and mm. pins Dusty himself. And then gets up and he's like, get in here. He's like, I had to save this match. Get in here. And it was at the end of the Royal Rumble match or whatever. And he was like, he grabbed the million dollar belt and he threw the belt and he gets on the phone. He's like, I want you to get down and I want you to pick this belt up and put it around my waist. That's right. And like Virgil, Virgil starts like fighting. He just shakes his head. No, he's a Virgil. You want me to take money away from your family? Do you remember what I did with your mother? And then Virgil broke down and he grabbed the belt and like, he's like, put it around my waist. And he puts it around his waist and does the evil lifestyle. Yeah. Like that. And then he's like, <laughs> that's what I told all of you. You all have a price. And as he was doing the thing, you saw Virgil fucking muster up the courage and fucking grabs a million dollar belt before he puts it on his waist and hits him right in the face. And the whole place went Blew insane. Up. That's right. And That's it's right. Like I always say.
Look at the look on him. Like there was, there waiting back and for watch the Royal Rumble '91 in that match. That place went insane, and they bled it out. They had a match at WrestleMania Seven, which Piper was in Virgil's corner because they were trying to build Virgil's character because they knew he wasn't good on the mic. So they were, Vince was like, "Let's put Piper with him," and Piper was like, "Come on, man, you're your own man. You're your own man." And it was a whole thing they build up to it or whatever. And <laughs> he beat DBLC by countout, but didn't win the million dollar belt. And then five months later at SummerSlam '91, he finally beats DBLC for the million dollar title. And that like six seven month storyline was fucking great. I loved that storyline. I, I thought forgot it was all about great. that. It, you can say what stuff. you want about Virgil. Virgil went on to become a mid-card prelim afterwards or whatever, but it doesn't matter. That storyline is what Vince and the WWF was so good at back in the day, and it mm -hmm. makes my list because it was so excellent. I loved yeah. it. I absolutely well loved done. It. That's, that's a, I, it's, it's such a, um, it's kind of a forgotten gem, but it's what everybody wanted. It's what everybody wanted to happen in some way, shape, or form. Somebody has to give... Ted DiBiase has come up and it's not just because you have a ton of money doesn't make you better than everybody else. And that's, that's the storyline that he was portraying and it, and somebody has to take him out. And when it finally happens, especially on that level where Virgil was with him for years as, as like yeah. his confidant, his bodyguard, that's whatever, 87. whatever you want to call it. Right. Virgil was always there. And to see that breakup, I mean, I, I think, I don't know if Virgil pushed it or if DiBiase pushed it, but Somebody back there at that point was, we have to have a churn eventually, right, on each other. We have to do something. And it's unfortunate because I think Virgil wasn't prepared ring-wise for that. He was great as a manager. He did he could hit all his spots as a manager, but in the ring is a completely different aspect. So I thought the blow-off was kind of a little bit underwhelming, but the, the storyline was was hot on take. So that's a good one, Jess. I, for, I forgot Greg, all what's, about uh, that. You want to start the second round? Sure. We have two um, Oh, is it the second? Yeah, it is the second. Yeah, second. Yeah, for sure. Did Dave give his? No, I, no, no. You go. You, yeah, I give my first. Yeah, Kurt Angle. Remember? Uh, yes, of course. Sorry. Um, I think Rick Rude and Jake Roberts was wonderful to me. Oh fuck, that's great. Um, God, yes, God with Jake's it, wife, great. right? You want to talk yeah. about like? Uh, there's God, nothing better than like including women in a wrestling feud including wives and that kind of thing. Like we've seen it a million times in the last 30 years, but for Rick Rue to have Jake Roberts, wife, Cheryl painted on his tights yeah, when so he good. pulled them down. Unprecedented. I, lo I love Rick Rude and, and his, his ability to get heat. And he does that so well. And that, I love Jake Roberts here too. Their feud is underrated. They toured around the world, by the way, everything Jake did, like, so what a third one if you wanted to ask me was jake and martell like the blinding in the eyes like jake even though he had a, a high mid carter status like he really his genius mind like um had these angles where yeah. imagine he if allowed was his Hogan. wife to come in like he yes. jake was like that's fine is that chocolate <laughs> right but, like his mind like he was never going to be hogan he was never a fucking jacked testosterone steroided out like but he just like his mind was always brilliant when he was on the top like uh that's a great fucking pull him and rude like um great matches together a great feud like imagine having your wife at ringside Imagine Rude's whole gimmick. By the way, Craig, he's women. back with that same wife now. They divorced and they yes, separated. And then now together. that he's sober, he's back with Cheryl Roberts now. They're Which, together. That's, that's amazing. amazing. 
It's absolutely yeah. amazing. Like, I would have liked to see it go all the way to Mania. Mm-hmm. And maybe do something special. I don't know. A cage match or something. Because uh, our work together was phenomenal. Yes. And uh, nobody could see through what we were doing. But sometimes, you know, you can be so good that it hurts you. Mm. Because uh, the powers that be want to bring you down a notch or two because uh, you're gaining too much ground over the other talent. And you're making it hard for them to compete with you. So, oh, my, oh my God, what a great poll. SummerSlam 88. It was uh, Rick Rude against JYD. And Jake told him, if you fucking wear my wife on your tights again, he didn't say fucking, obviously. Yeah, yeah. He's like, if you wear my tights, you wear my wife on your tights again, I'm going to come out and I'm going to take it out of your ass. And so Jake's like, I'm not. I'm not. Or Rude's like, I'm not. I'm not. And mm. so like he fought Junkyard Dog at SummerSlam 88 and he didn't move on JYD. And he gets on the top rope to deliver like a Rick Rude fist from the top rope. And he rips his pants down really fast. Shell Roberts. And he hits it. And he does that. And Jake comes out from the back and does a fucking a genius. He beats the shit out of him and clotheslines Rude. And only Rude could 360 over the top rope the way he does. Yeah. He clotheslined him so fuck. It was amazing. The place Madison Square Garden was going fucking ape shit when Jake got his hand on him. And it was like, and he was mad and the refs were all holding him back or whatever. It was so good. Like it was, that's such a great pull, Craig. Like I, so mean, simple. I really, what a fucking amazing feud it was. And like, people forget about that. Too. I love that. Jake Just, is oh, so good. A dude's wife on your tights. It's mm -hmm. perfect. You guys might, might tell me like, this is bullshit, but I really, it kind of gets hidden because of other storylines that Daniel Bryan has been a part of. But I thought that the Daniel Bryant with the Wyatt family storyline was freaking dope. How he went. It was, that was he, fantastic. He went underneath. He like went, he went like total double agent on the Wyatt family for months. Like they beat the crap out of him forever and forced him to join the family in their mind and he joined the family he finally said oh, okay i give in whatever i'm part of the family and he and came out in the stupid overcourt stuff i'm like what and, and i'm i'm over here going like what is this bullshit this sucks i hate this and, and which is exactly what they wanted you to say and, they wanted and you just, to do it. this was pre-yes movement right like Yo, this yes. was so dave i'm glad you said this because yeah, one of my choices was. was the yes movement and yeah. this was a part of the Yes movement. So he, it's like he a sub John story, Cena. right? Yes. He beat John Cena at SummerSlam and then Randy Orton cashed in the money in the bank and beat him right away. And That's then people right. were fucking pissed. So it helped skyrocket Daniel Bryan into that. And then they carried him into the Bray Wyatt storyline. And people were like, fuck you. Why the fuck are you taking out of the world title picture? Fuck you. But it was all just. And then after he broke away, like Dave's going to say, from the, yeah. the Bray Wyatt family. He, that's when the yes movement happened. That's when WrestleMania 30 happened and all that stuff. So I'm going to relinquish my pick to you. My bad. I'm mine sorry. was the yes movement, but yours is a smaller version it's, of it. it but that's, it's the same I, thought, thing. I thought it was a subtext of the, of the movement. It, 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 was, it was right in the middle of the yes movement because they wanted us to forget that we all love Daniel Bryan. He, we wanted him to be in the world title picture. So yes, it was a side thing, but it was fantastic. I'll never forget when he finally beat or uh, he 
took his shit off and betrayed Barry Wyatt. He's in the Hell in a Cell or a cage, right? Yeah, they're, they're on top of, he's, on, yes. he's on top of a cage going back to the Yes movie. I remember that distinctly. Yes, and then their match, they had a match at Wrestle, uh, sorry, at Royal Rumble 90, uh, no, sorry, Royal Rumble 2013. No, fuck. I'm trying to think. Royal Rumble 2014. That's when they did it. And uh, and so he Bray beats him or whatever in a fantastic match. And that was the Royal Rumble that he wasn't in. And Rey Mysterio came out as number 30 and they booed the shit out of Rey Mysterio. Yes. yes. They thought it was Daniel Bryan. So it was 2014 because that was WrestleMania 30. And then from the Royal Rumble, they built him up and then they inserted him in the Batista and Orton match. And then he won the yeah. world title. And so by the way, not a storyline. They were truly trying to bury him. Um. They, I don't want to say they were trying to bury him, but they didn't want to go with him. No. And so they were, yeah, he I was, agree with you. The B-plus player storyline came it's, from... It, that's a lot it, of truth from, in that. From it them was, making yes. him a B-plus player. That's where they came from. I'm going to do... He's got notes, I can tell. It's like, I, do, I, I do, I do, I <laughs> do. Um, fuck, I'm going to do... I'll say this. I'm going to do Sting versus the Horseman. Okay. And okay. So I so one of my big things that I remember is they actually built Sting versus Flair. So at the end of '89, we all saw Future Shock or whatever. We saw we just did a review, by the way, of Halloween Havoc '89, and they put Flair or they put Sting in the Horsemen, and the the Horsemen were a heel faction. Yeah. So 100%. they turned Flair turned face or whatever, and then he wanted to redo the Horsemen. He was like, "What if we put Sting in it?" And we're faced for a minute. We're only faced to accommodate Sting. And then after a while, Sting would win Starcade 89, which was like a round robin tournament. And he would, it was all points based, right? And so he would beat Flair versus points, and then he would get a world title shot. So then after that, Flair's like, hey, you know, hey, I know you won the world title shot, but uh, you're going to submit that shit, right? You're going to relinquish that, right? And Sting's like, I mean, no, like, I him in wrestling to fight for the world title so you know you gave me yeah. a shot in 88 and i earned a shot here now in 89 slash 90 so i want to challenge you for the world title it's like yeah but you're a horseman so the whole storyline was they kind of put sting in there only because they knew that he was hot and they're just like if he wants a world title we're gonna be like no nah, you can't you can't really challenge rick because uh you know the horseman's rick flair and uh so yeah, you're gonna do something else. And Sting is like, your no, your like, job, your job, your job is to protect the title. Yeah, I won, I won the round robin tournament at Starcade '89, and I want to challenge Rick for the title. And they're like, what the fuck? So I remember at Clash of the Champions in January of '90, they brought Oli out there and Arn and Flair, and they did just this amazing fucking in ring promo. And they were just like, no, like you were relinquished to the title shot right now. And he was like, I don't, I don't want to, like. The whole reason why we're wrestlers is because we want the world title. So that makes no sense. Like, look, I yeah. love you guys. And I'm a horseman. I'm, I'm part of you. But like, I want to face flair for the title. And they're like, nope, nope. Like, that's not true. You were, you give it up right now, or it's going to be really bad. What happens to you and flares and Sting is like, no, I don't want to give it up. And they beat the shit out of him. Like right there in the they ring. Wouldn't, or whatever. They wouldn't even and, say, or oh, you're no longer a horseman, right? They didn't even do that. No, they did they, say that. Like, and Oli's like, look, like, you know what? Like, here's the deal. Like, we only spared you. Like basically, Oli said, "Like we're not a face team; we're a heel team." He didn't say those terms, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, we're we're sure. a bad guy team, and like the only reason why we spared you was because Rick liked you, and you teamed with Rick last year in the Thunderdome Cage match and Halloween Havoc and all that stuff. 
But now that you have a world title, it's all about Rick. So if you like want to take the world title, you're fucking done. And Sting's like, well, I want to take the world title. And he's like, well, you're out of here. So you have mm-hmm. X amount of hours. It was a class job. You have 30 minutes or whatever to make, or an hour or whatever he said it was to make your decision and get out and drop the title, or we're going to cripple you. And so like, he's like, no, like, I don't want to do that. And they beat the shit out of him. And at the end of the match, he said as well, I, I take the world title match. And so you're like, oh my God, like, and Flair said it to this day in February of 1990, before the warrior beat Hogan, they were going to give sting the world title at uh i want to say it was russell war i think or something like that it was whatever their february pay-per-view was and then at the end of the january clash after they betrayed sting when sting ran out in the main event and climbed the cage they pulled him down wrong and he hit his knee wrong and fucking blew his knee out oh that's and so that's that's when sting went into fuck he had surgery and all that stuff and he didn't beat flair until great american bash of 90 which was july of 90 and it was kind of deflated at that point right sting I bought you a little time because of what you've got. Nah, you're too easy. The whole deal is this. you got two hours to make up your mind, and you're no longer a horseman. And if we ever see you again, you're not going to be quite so lucky as you are tonight. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This doesn't make any sense. Hey, wait a minute. I want to go. Come on. Look at this. So I, you know what? Listen, like, <laughs> hey, this is part two. That was for, that was for you, really Craig. good offerings. That was for you, Craig. Craig, Craig had a great pull and Root and uh, Snake and all that stuff. It's a good like, one. Uh, Dave had a really good pull in the beginning of uh, Austin and uh, uh, Angle. So this is part two, and it's free form, and I like it. So there's going to be a part three. We all have different. No, there's, def- there's definitely. Like, I'm already thinking of a bunch that were like out of this world. I'm like, oh my god, you guys are sparking. Free form is always fun. It's always yeah, fun. Yeah, really cool. Uh, for audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, or watch our videos on YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. On social media, can you follow us on Instagram at OWP2019? No, Try I'm going to follow. OWP2019. <laughs> no follows. No. I'm going to follow dumb no. stuff. Uh, or on Facebook at Our Wrestling Podcast. We're just Craig. Here's what I would do with Bobby Lashley. You guys the OWP. Signing off. Have a good one. Go fuck myself. Whoa.